Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford, Woking and Aldershot in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Well, I'm so excited about this series, looking at the challenges of Jesus, and I want to tell you why. I don't know about you, but this crisis has brought things into really sharp focus for me. It's reminded me that what really matters is the simple stuff. Health, a safe home, family, and above all, at the heart of my faith, Jesus. Christianity can sometimes be really confusing and perhaps when you look at recent events in America and the way that Christianity has been co-opted by an extreme political agenda, it all just seems really disturbing and confusing. But that's why I'm so glad that in this series we're coming back to the simple things, the heart and soul of our faith, which is Jesus. I'm so grateful that when I became a Christian, I was taught right from the start that I could have a real relationship with God, not just some dry religion that I can only believe in my head. And that really is the mind-blowing truth of it for everyone. So let's look at what Jesus says about that now. It's in John 7, verse 37 to 43. So on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He's the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not Scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus, the people were divided because of Jesus. The context for this passage, we're told, is that it's the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. This was a Jewish festival. Now, a key aspect of this celebration was a water pouring ritual. And for the first six days of the Feast of Tabernacles, a big golden container would be filled with water from the pool of Siloam, which they saw as a healing pool. And they'd then carry this water back to the temple. Then they'd process round the temple, carrying the water, blowing trumpets and worshipping God. On the final day, they then process round the altar seven times before pouring this healing, life-giving water over the altar. So John tells us in, the, in this passage that it's this, this last greatest day of the feast, 
It's into this context that Jesus is speaking. It's the water pouring day. Jerusalem would have been buzzing and everyone's been watching these priests processing round the altar and performing this water pouring ceremony. And then Jesus stands up and the Bible says that he states in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. No more cisterns of healing water at the temple on a certain day and in a certain way in order to worship or experience God. Now, all you need to do is come to me. This is a key moment. The theology of worship and experience of God completely shifts and it's a divisive moment. These are game-changing words from Jesus. What he's doing in this moment is he's making a promise to all who believe in him that they can have access, free and abundant access through him to the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is promising a whole new unparalleled era of encounter and experience of God. What he's saying here in this radical announcement is that the time of bottled water, the time of clay cisterns, which fill us up for a time and then run dry and need to be refilled, that season, Jesus is declaring, is over. And the time of encounter and experience has begun. This is a crucial moment. The Baptist preacher Spurgeon states it like this, this is the point in the Gospels when Jesus's invitation moves from come and see to come and dine, come and experience. It's an invitation to deep encounter. So how do we access this water, this life source, this encounter with God's spirit? If anyone is thirsty, Jesus says, let him come to me and drink. And those first few words pose a question for us this morning, because we can see that these streams of living water, this access free and abundant to the person and presence of God are dependent on one thing and one thing only. Am I thirsty? The passage is clear. This is for anyone who's thirsty. In fact, to make this point, um, abundantly clear, the Bible ends by repeating Jesus' offer, stating in Revelation 22 verse 17, let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who's thirsty come, let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. And so, the question that I want us to begin to ask ourselves this morning is how thirsty am I right now for encounter and experience with the beautiful, grace-filled presence of Jesus?
It really does come down to how much of God do I want and how much of myself am I willing to give him? And if I'm honest, the truth for me is that I desperately want more of God in my life. However, the reality is that my want for God and my behaviour don't always match up. You know, I've had some very different seasons in my life. I don't know about you, but I've had some times in my life where I've been so desperate, so thirsty for more of God that I felt really close to him. But then there have been other times, if I'm honest, when I've just not felt so close to him. And it's made me hold myself back a bit and maybe start to lose a bit of that edge, that desire, the realisation of my thirst for him. And it's into this, to me, to us, that Jesus speaks. Have you ever been so thirsty that water is all you can think about? After Pete and I first got married, I had the opportunity to go on an overseas mission trip to Ethiopia, which was incredible and really eye-opening for me, particularly as it was the first time I'd ever been to Africa. We were staying in a hostel and we'd been given bottles of water as we obviously couldn't drink the water. I was dropped off in the afternoon but I soon realised that I'd begun to run out of my water. Uh, so I did my best to eke it out bit by bit by sipping it really slowly um, and having as little to drink as possible, knowing that I wasn't going to be picked up again until late the next day. But it was really hot and I was really thirsty. And so then, as the evening began to wear on and st I, I started to drink more and I completely ran out of water and I started to worry as it was still really hot and I knew that I had nothing more to drink. So I went to bed. I was feeling pretty thirsty and when I woke up, I was so thirsty and so desperate for a drink that water was all I could think about. And I just didn't know what I was going to do when suddenly this guy cycled up to the hostel with one of those huge red crates filled with bottles of Coke strapped to the back of his bike. These are for you, he stated, and then cycled off. I'd been desperately thinking about water and here was an entire crate of Coke sent from God to quench my thirst. I was looking for just a drop of water in one of my water bottles and God supplied me with an overabundant supply. And in this passage, Jesus is standing in Jerusalem, watching those containers of water being poured out. And he stands up and announces the time of having containers of water or bottled water is over. I'm here to be for you 
a stream of living water, a source so abundant you'll always have more than enough. You, you won't need to be spiritually thirsty ever again. Jesus was calling the people into new levels of intimacy and encounter with him. But their little containers of water were no longer enough. They needed a deeper source. And I wonder whether for some people this morning, Jesus is inviting you into a new time of trusting him this morning. He understands your pain and the hurt, the weariness and the disappointment. He knows how you're feeling. And his call to come and drink is an invitation to trust him in this time of drought and to drink deep from the well that will not run dry. You know, Jesus often had to withdraw from the crowds and spend whole nights in prayer, seeking a deeper source to sustain him for the days ahead. He had a thirst for more. Are we thirsty this morning? Or could it be that you've gone so long without spending time with God that you no longer realise that you're thirsty? Could it actually be that you're so spiritually dehydrated you don't even realise it because you don't feel your own thirst anymore? You know, studies have shown 75% of us are perpetually dehydrated, living on just enough water to survive, but not enough to thrive. And this can be so true for us in our walk with God. We survive on just enough to live, but not enough to thrive with him. We forget how thirsty we really are. Life's so busy or so preoccupying and we can get by grabbing just enough of God to keep us going but not enough to fully quench our thirst. Or maybe for others of us we might believe that all we've experienced or encountered of God is all that there is and we don't believe or know that we can have more so we just make do with the little that we've had, instead of believing or trusting for more. And we end up surviving on little swigs here and there, maybe at church or a teaching series or a festival, eking out the little drops in our bottles. But the problem is, yesterday's encounter with God doesn't sustain us for today. It was never meant to. He gives us streams of living water daily. All we need to do is draw close to Jesus and he will fill us from deep within. So how do we do that? Well, the Bible tells us in Acts 2 that it's by receiving the Holy Spirit and learning how to experience his fullness. Galatians 5 states that we should walk by the Spirit. And walking something that we learn to do as children and then hardly think about unless we're on icy ground. 
But to walk by the Spirit means that in every situation, every day, we go with and we trust in God and we rely on him to work in us and through us. And as we learn to walk in step with the Spirit in this way, then slowly and surely we'll begin to show the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our character. And the fruit that the Spirit enables us to grow in and to show is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow! I don't know about you, but I find that list so challenging. Lockdown hasn't always brought out the best in me and it just makes me realise how much I need the Holy Spirit in my life and the fruit of the Spirit working in my life more than ever. Ephesians 5 tells us that we should be filled with the Spirit and the original Greek is the continuous present tense which literally means that we need to go on being filled. As someone once said, we need to go on being filled because we leak, I leak, and we desperately need him. There's so much wonderful stuff that happens as the Holy Spirit fills us and we start to walk in step with him because it's then as the Spirit fills us that he's able to begin his transforming, life-giving work within us. And there's an implication too to it, that to be filled with streams of living water, then these streams should flow. They flow through us. And if we're filled with streams and these streams continually flow through us, then they should flow to others. And if they don't, then these will otherwise become pools and pools of water or pools of the spirit will eventually stagnate. So our prayer needs to be, Lord, fill me with your, your spirit, flow through me to those who are thirsty for you. We're called and equipped to show those who are thirsty around us how to get a drink, to enable others to thrive by having life-giving, real, deep encounters with the living God. You know, if you spend enough time with someone who's drinking a cold, refreshing drink, it soon awakens a thirst in you too. And we realise that deep down we actually really needed a drink ourselves. We want to quench our own thirst. When we live in a state of thirst for God and a place of expectation, we create an environment for God and a sense of expectation for those around us and those we're discipling. We need to be a people who are drinking deep, being filled with the Spirit, so that we're able to call those around us into a deeper encounter with him. Jesus tells us, if you're thirsty, come to me. So how can we do this, particularly in these days of lockdown? 
Perhaps it may just be as simple as organising our days in order to ensure that we've got some time away from the demands of every day for some alone time with Jesus. You know, being strategic with our time so that we can spend some time in prayer and worship. It might be as practical as taking time out, maybe going for a walk, finding a quiet space in the house or even your car in order to get some time with Jesus. Go into your room, Jesus says. Go to the secret place of prayer and encounter. This is a time to draw near to God, his invitation to those who are thirsty is to come and drink. And there's a guarantee from the person of Jesus who never fails to keep his promises. If you're thirsty, come to me. Pete goes out running most days. And I've noticed that when he gets back covered in sweat, <laughs> the first thing that he wants is a pint of water. He doesn't drink before he goes, but there's nothing he wants more when he gets back than a pint of water. The water is always freely available, but his thirst comes and goes. Are we thirsty today? Jesus tells us, come to me and you'll find streams of living water streams, an abundance of my presence, of my person, of my spirit. I wonder whether you're desperate for an encounter with God this morning. In Psalm 42, we read that David felt this way thousands of years ago, writing, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. And if that's you, if that's how you feel, we have a prayer team who'll be waiting straight after the service this morning and they'd love to pray with you. And I'd really encourage you to go and get prayer if you're thirsty for more of God. Or perhaps you'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, maybe even for the first time. And the prayer team is equipped and they're gonna be ready straight after the service to pray for anyone who would like to be filled with the Spirit. But I wonder if you're someone who's maybe feeling a little bit distant from God this morning and you're thinking that you just not felt very thirsty for Jesus for quite a while. Remember that statistic that I shared with you, 75% of us are spiritually dehydrated without even realising it. If that's the case and you're thinking, yeah, that sounds like me. Well, I want to suggest that we should first ask that God would make us feel thirsty. So why don't we end the talk this morning by joining in with the ancient prayer of St Augustine, which was put salt 
on our lips, O Lord, that we might thirst for you. So let's first ask that God would make us thirsty. And then for those that want to, the prayer team will be available at the end. So let's pray. The words will be coming up on the screen if you'd like to pray this with me, either out loud or in your head. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to be thirsty. I want to want you more. I am no longer content to just get by. I want to fight for more. I want to make room for you in my life. So I pray, Lord, would you put salt on our lips, O oh Lord, that we might thirst for you. Amen.